Hey, folks. Welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, as the NPR said in their headline last week, and because we had not talked since this happened, I know there were a couple of tiny little football games out there, but the Pistons, and this is the this is their headline. The Pistons' nightmare is finally over. They finally they finally won a game, but not before they set the uh, all time record for losing uh, games in a row. I want to say twenty eight in most in the season ever. So they they'll always have that, or at least until somebody else comes along that's worse. But when you're making NPR headlines, and hey, this isn't a political show at all. Uh, this it's just you you can go find any number of headlines. Uh, let's let's balance with it. the Newsmax headline. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's not good. That's not good, right? No, that's yeah. In the in the in the face of total failure and ignominy, to use a Sean Windsor word, yeah, they were everybody was happy. They were jubilant that they they finally won a game, and it was of course dramatic fashion. And after so many close calls, too, the one in Boston, right? And you know, you knew that the problem with the Pistons, I think, at the end was. Nobody wanted to lose to them. Nobody wanted to like they were getting their team no, the best shots. No. Like we're not gonna be the one that they break the record or end the record against. And so it's kind of wildly, weirdly compelling to watch them. No, it and was. The ratings were great. Better. Yeah. They were. No, they're playing well. Cunningham was on a heater for a couple of weeks. The ratings are great. I know there are a lot of NBA, a lot of the NBA world were tuning in every night, whether it was through League Pass. And I, I kept seeing tweets for a couple of weeks. Where are all the Pistons? The whole, you know, the whole NBA world, any basketball fan out there were rooting for the team. When they won the game, I was in a press box at Cowboys Stadium. And obviously, we're going to get to football here because it's the biggest weekend. Stadium, but, uh, well, there's no Cowboys Stadium I was anymore. In, I was in uh, the Cowboys Stadium and, and in the press box. At least in the Detroit area, where all the Detroit writers, that's all anybody was talking about. Everybody was watching on their laptops and their phones to see if they were going to finally end this, finally end the streak. So that was, that was, that was, it was, you're right. It was compelling. Yeah. So what, what does this mean? Do they, do they, does this stave off any executions here? Any fire, midseason firings, in season firings for the Pistons? Well, I don't know that one win's going to do that. I mean, Gores came out and, more or less supported his guys, at least for now, right? And, and he very specifically did with Monty Williams. He said, hey, it's not fair to him. He just got here. He's not part of this process. We're not going to fire a coach 28 games in or whatever it was. With Troy, it was a little less, but he talked to, he kind of hinted around about making changes right now. There was no point to it, but he left it open in the summer for sure. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, it's a mess. It's uh, it's over. Unfortunately, now I think people are going to tune the Pistons out. They're just going to go back to their ten win season. Now that the history's over, and everybody will go back to their lives and get back to at least around Detroit football. Yeah, there's a couple of big football games coming up. Can you remember uh, uh, a two day stretch? I mean, obviously, normally it's Saturday, Sunday, so I, maybe we can't call it a weekend because Michigan played Bundy out here at the Rose Bowl. But can you remember? You know, a couple of days like that, man, I guess it was technically three days where you had two more compelling games with a lot, so much at stake, less so for the Lions, obviously. But you remember a more fun weekend for people that like football in our state? No, I don't know if I agree with the less compelling for the Lions. I mean, the Lions could have potentially moved closer to locking up the number one seed. They they obviously didn't. And this was to go to the national championship for, for Michigan. But yeah, I mean, huge games. You know, overtime should have been overtime in two, but overtime in one in Michigan and that huge controversial two-point conversion that will go down in Lions lore, Sean. I mean, it's going to go down with one of the, you know, the 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 
picked up flag in Dallas a few, you know, 10 years ago and taking the wind and all this stuff. It's going to just, it's people will never forget it, but it was so really, really fun games, really good games, crazy time. You were at both. So how wild was it for you to be there, to be in those press conferences, to be, you know, one, obviously super angry, what three minute Dan Campbell press conference players in the locker room didn't want to talk about it. We're trying to be very careful not to get fined about the officiating, but then complete jubilation, you know, in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. What, what were the differences like in those two atmospheres? Well, it was, it was, it was, what's fun. For, the nice thing about bowl games is the teams are forced to open the locker room. So you go and actually talk to the players. You don't just have a couple. And so that, that part's fun, but I, I would take a step back and, and we need to get into to Michigan. And I, I you, we've already talked about the lines and we'll talk some more about the lines, but, but just real quickly before we, we really dive more into Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and everything that is going on and what's at stake is I've, I've been asked this a few times over the, the last couple of days about, about the games, just on atmosphere. And maybe I'm biased too because I feel the same way about basketball. I, I love college sports, but there's something about a sport played at the highest level it can be played at wherever you are in the world, right? I mean, whether you're in Europe or Brazil watching soccer or whatever. But so for me, as great as the Rose Bowl is spectacular, the, the setting is beautiful, the, the energy is great. I mean, it's 90,000 people. But your bowl games are split. You know the the fans are. It maybe wasn't quite fifty fifty Michigan to Alabama, but it was it was close to being split. It was probably fifty five forty five, maybe maybe sixty forty, maybe not that much. But it's not it's for for Michigan. It's because yeah, they have the, their biggest alumni bases out here. Plus, they travel well. Alabama travels great too. But you know they're used to this, and and Michigan Michigan isn't quite used to this. So although they've done it the last couple of years, but anyway. There's something about there's tension, but it's not quite the same when you're at AT and T Stadium, and that's one of the best cow, uh, fan bases in the country, right? And the NFL with with the Cowboys, and it's covered, and it's really loud, and it was a, a, a great game. Obviously, came down to you know the last play, the last three plays, two point conversions, as you mentioned. So, and even though there wasn't quite as much at stake, I mean, Michigan was literally playing for the season. The Lions were not. So that's, you know, that's, that's a difference. But there was just something about watching the game in Dallas and the way the Lions played, the way they drove down to at least potentially tie the game and score to give them a chance to either win or tie the game on the road against a team that scored, you know, 40 points, just the way the defense played. All of that, you could feel the whole weight of Michigan. And you can, you can just feel it. You can feel it. And that's why you, we and I talked about it that night. There were so many just apoplectic, despondent people. But they, get, they got a sense this team's real. So, look, I know for Michigan fans it's a bigger deal because they're going to go play for the title game and do something they've never done. They've never been in this position, at least as far as the, the playoff. But just, just in my soul, I felt more – how about this? I felt more alive in the Cowboys Stadium than I did at the Rose Bowl. Oh, okay. That's interesting because college tends to be, I mean, it's we're sports writers, so we're not emotionally involved, but there's a lot more emotion in college than there is in, in pros typically. But I think also the, the nature of the game, right? There was so much controversy. And if you looked at you know, I was watching it on TV and after the Lions converted on the first attempt, you know, before it was 
called called back. They show the Cowboys fans who are just like they look like they were in a coma. They couldn't believe what they just seen, and the Lions had the you know the audacity to go for the win, and they did it. And you're the Cowboys and all this other stuff, and they were already upset about Mike McCarthy's play call, refusing to run the the, the clock down and sort of in passing instead, and all that stuff. So they were, you could just see they were in total shock and then the whole thing changes and there's a penalty and all that stuff. That typically doesn't happen in the NFL. You don't get that level of controversy typically, you know, very often. So um, that was, that was, I mean, the lines, I mean, the, the, the Michigan game was, you know, very exciting and, and, you know, Michigan tying it up and all that and, and, and then going to overtime and. And winning it, but pretty straightforward, right? They 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 get a field goal and they stop Bama from from scoring, getting a field goal, so they win, and that's it. But that's a good point, right? Because typically, when you go to a college game, it's almost all whatever the home team is. The teams don't travel the same, so it's not it's it's a, a bowl game is very different that way. But yeah, and then the craziness, right? I mean, that had to affect you too, just the 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 mood, and you know, we've been in locker rooms enough and. You know, when they're, I, I remember the locker rooms that are angry or disappointed or whatever. There's controversy or there's a benching. I remember those a lot more because even when they win games, you know, they're, the, the players are celebrating a lot. But by the time we get in the locker room, a lot of that's over with, you know, they're, they're happy, but they're getting dressed. They're getting ready to leave and go see their families after the game and, or their teammates hang out with their teammates afterward at a post game celebration, whatever it is. So they've they've already had a cooling down period, which is why that exists. But yeah, but then also the the Michigan. I mean, like you said, you can go into the locker room after the bowl games. That's something that doesn't ever happen. So you finally get to see them, and it's I mean, it had to be a insane, raucous atmosphere, right, in the Wolverines locker room. No, they were. There's a lot of play there with that win. A lot of play, you know. And I want to break that down. With you, obviously, as my as my fellow compadre here, as my you've been up in LA too. As you like, picking up Spanish, I like it. As you as you, as you like to say, a brother from another mother. Although our mother, <laughs> did you get that Spanish crazy, in the drive through a Taco crazy. Bell or Del Taco or where did you pick that up? No, 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 no. And by the way, what's your obsession with Jack in the Box for for you listeners out there? And Carlos has been mentioning Jack in the Box to me re- recently, <laughs> and I'm not sure. Why or where it comes from? I don't know that I've ever really talked about Jack in the Box yeah. other than as a they're they're fried crispy tacos when I was a teenager in Texas <laughs> late at night, you know, coming out of a bar. And back then, by the way, hey, you could drink legally at nineteen. <laughs> Imagine that. But where's the Jack in the Box thing from? Well, Jack in the Box is you know they had it in Michigan for a while. People will mention it every time I mention it. Sometimes they say, oh yeah, we used to have it here in L.A. The thing with Jack in the Box was it's where real. LA people eat everybody from LA and in and out's great. But Jack in the Box was one of the very first fast food franchises where you could get a burger, a taco. I think maybe they had hot dogs. And at one point, I know they had, I think they monkey with sushi for just a little bit. It was kind of a one stop shop and no other place did that until Del Taco came around. There was a place before that called Noggles that kind of messed with it. But Jack in the Box was the first and they were everywhere and you could do, you know, curly fries and onion rings and all this other stuff. And, you know, the, I love In-N-Out, but In-N-Out kind of does one thing. And I mean, it's like you can get fries or you can get fries and you can get a burger or you can get a burger. And they do a great, but yeah, everybody stayed in their lane, Taco Bell and whatever. But yeah, that's why people loved it. Yeah. The only thing I ever ate Jack in the Box, and this is back in the 80s, was the taco. They literally just 
chicken taco out of the freezer. It was pre-made and stuffed and sealed at the top and dumped it into a fryer where you put fresh. It was delicious. The super taco was amazing. And then somehow they were so delicious. (laughs) It was almost like a big version of the little frozen pizza rolls or little frozen. uh, Totinos. God, I'm putting air air quotes here, listener. The Mexican rolls that we got in the 70s. They're like bigger versions of that. It was somehow... And no, and no business being good, but it was. I'm delicious. sorry, they had right. they had a teriyaki bowl. It wasn't sushi. They did teriyaki bowls, and everything else. It was something. Anybody who might have a familiarity with Jack in the Box, also, there was something called a sourdough Jack. Sean, it was, you know, grilled sourdough bread sandwich. Round. They were circle. They were circles, like flat yeah. circles. Sourdough circles, and and the burger. Maybe you've had it then. The mushrooms on it. I had Swiss cheese. It was probably 2000 calories. It was amazing. But that was the thing is you could, you could drive. It was open late. You could drive through and get a teriyaki bowl or a taco or a burger or curly. It was just a shake. You name it. It was one stop shopping for all your, your food, gross food needs. So it was, that's why it helps. Everybody remembers. And they had really funny commercials too. They did the clown, the Jack, you know, that looked like the little face on the thing, whatever. And they also had good merch giveaways. They had little, little Jack and Box heads you could stick on your antennas for cars when they had those. So there's a lot of, there's a lot at play. If you mentioned Jack in the Box to Angelinos, there's usually a little wistful fondness remembering that stuff. Yeah, I think about, I mean, they were all over Texas too, way, way back. And you had Del Taco. We had some Del Tacos. We had Taco, Taco Cabanas. Probably didn't go quite that far, but that's a fast food. In any case, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll reminisce more with Carlos, who, as you can hear, listener, he's, a, he's quite sentimental. He's very nostalgic. You know, he's, he's so despite what you read, he's, he's got a kind soul and he, he's very wistful yeah. and very, very calm yeah. most of the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually the opposite of what I read. Like, I'm, you know, yeah, fiery and have no empathy at all. No, <laughs> that's actually that's actually not true. All right, let's take a let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlson and Sean. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson and Sean. Just one more note on the fast food of our use and nostalgia. It's not. Here's the thing. It's sometimes, Carlos. It's better not to go back. I I remember. I don't know. Ten years ago, I was coming up from Austin. The way I was going through Waco, I was somewhere in Central Texas, going to Dallas for a game of some kind. Maybe it was the Cotton Bowl with Michigan State. And I saw a Whataburger. I've met a Whataburger since I was a kid. Whataburger. I don't know if they have those in California, but they have them in uh, Texas. It's a fast food burger chain. And I stopped to get one and I regret, you know, I took one bite and I'm like, oh, oof, no. And I would have preferred that the memory of that, and I'm sorry for those of you out there, if you still like Whataburger, I'm sure it's fine. But I wanted that memory to stay the way it was. Yeah, sometimes that's 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 disappointing. And, and one of the things that makes like, I'll give an example and, you know, fast food, whatever, McDonald's, whatever it is, is the consistency. It's not. It's not the highest end food, but they are, they tend to be a, you know, a filet of fish is a filet of fish is you're not going to get any variance in and out does that. They're not a franchise, but they're family owned franchise basically. And it's very consistent, but I have had Shake Shack 
in different places. It's not been the same. Five guys, not the same in different places. So it's really hard. You know that having worked in the food industry, it's really hard to maintain consistency, especially at that it level, at national franchise level. So it I is. don't know if she's got a bad word. Give it another shot, Sean. Don't don't give up. No, on I, 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 I no, I, I have a feeling that that's kind of what it always. Maybe was. you got a bad cook that day. You had you were a cook. You had bad yeah, days. Maybe maybe no for sure. No for sure. But your memory changes a little bit. True. Some of that kind of stuff. True. But you know who knows? I, I don't know. Speaking of, I mean, you're speaking of consistency. We can't even keep this podcast you know, consistent, <laughs> right? Some days we're. So, or some weeks we're kind of, and other weeks we're fighting each other, and then other weeks we we go to them. <laughs> so, yeah, we can relate to trying to be consistent. We're trying to be the McDonald's of podcasts, aren't we? Yes, yes. Be, be, be the same over here. All right, Michigan, man. Uh, yeah, the Lions, they've got a little bit more time, but we're, you know, they've got one more regular season game, the home playoff game. Could be the same. Stafford and the Rams. We'll see. But Michigan's playing for it all, man, against Washington. Did you watch? I assume you watched them play Alabama. Oh, yeah. Great game. What a great it's, game. Uh, no, it was. It was so, a except great special game. teams. <laughs> and maybe the snapper, the, well, Michigan, the center for Alabama. Michigan special teams. Alabama special teams were fabulous. Their punter, I mean, they've got the best field goal kicker in the game. And their punter uh, was great. Flipped the field several mm-hmm. times. So, you know, the special teams. But did, did, did anything stand out to you, surprise you? I mean, just think about all that was at stake. The big bad SEC versus the Big Ten. On top of that, is this Jim Harbaugh's last year? Is Jesse Minner, the defensive coordinator? I mean, shoot, they go down and shut down Washington, or at least hold them down a little bit. They're the best offensive football. It's hard to it's hard to imagine him coming back. So things could be really really different in Harvard next year. Do you do you feel that? As a storyline and all? Oh, this? absolutely. And I think with Harbaugh, it's always a storyline every year, right? He's always a flight risk. You know, it's. And someone asked, there was a there was a press conference, teleconference when we're recording this on to Wednesday, and someone asked, you know, the potential of the, you know, who knows what's gonna happen next year, but if if you have to vacate some victories or whatever, you know, what'll that feel like to they asked Jim Harbaugh that and he refused to go down that path of a hypothetical, but that kind of just underscored there's a lot of uncertainty here. What's gonna happen next year? what the NCAA rules, um, you know, if he leaves, if, you know, it's already, you know, so what, he's going to the Raiders? Is that the new thing? You know, the Chargers, the people out here are pushing Chargers, the Chargers and right, he so. supposedly hired a new agent who has connection, deep connection to the NFL, all this stuff. So Tom Brady's guy. Yeah, Tom Brady's guy. So you never know, plus the transfer portal, plus, you know, good and bad. They'll get some, they'll lose some. There's going to be graduations. Does McCarthy come back? All these things. We talk about in the NFL more, we talk about the window of winning. In college, it tends to be, you know, you got your king coaches like Saban who typically don't go anywhere to the Dolphins for a little bit, but but they they tend to stay. So I don't I mean, you need to you need to you, you got to win this game because this is your chance, right? It's the first time you've been there in 26 years or whatever. You sh- you're the favorite. I expect Michigan to win this game. You know, Washington is great. Michael Penix Jr. is amazing. But Michigan's defense is just insane. They're, they were so impressive against Jalen Milrow, who's a great quarterback. But they just, they just, they just had it. They had, they've just done everything right on defense. And they, they, they have a very good offense, obviously. J.J. McCarthy makes, can make some plays. He still, I think he still needs another year to develop. I wouldn't 
know if he's going to come out and be a first round pick or second round, probably a second round, but who knows? Does Harbaugh come back? Right. I mean, that's, that may be the first maybe clue, right? If, whether he comes back or not, if, if McCarthy c- comes out in the draft, that means maybe, McCar- you know, Harbaugh's leaving, but this is their chance. And I think they should win the game. Things things will be different in some way, and they could be drastically different in some way in Ann Arbor next year. So, do you think do you think this is it for them? Or are they going to be? Is this a dynasty that's going to keep rolling? And Harbaugh is going to stay there for ten more years? If he wins, it's it, then it's hard to see him staying, right? I and mean, if he gets an op- it's all about if he gets gets an opportunity. But he's a, but but he's, he's also in, uh, just one thing. If he wins, he's a king. He's the king of Ann Arbor. Job security for life. He's that's it. He goes, you're right. He can, there, there are other mountains to conquer. He goes to the NFL, but he, and that's the lifetime thing with him, security that's here. what's been out there for him. No, for sure. But that's what's been out there for him. I mean, that's, he, he's talked about that in his own way about getting so close to the Super Bowl and wanting to do it at the highest level. And, you know, I think it would be if he won, he'd win as alma mater, he'd accomplish his goal. And I don't know. He just, he's, he's like a shark that way. He's, he's got to keep, he's got to keep moving. I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just, yeah. he's got to keep moving to breathe. Mm-hmm. Right, there are just some coaches that are like that, and, and Beeline had that in. He moved around, moved around, moved around, moved around. Got to Michigan, had a lot of success, chased that title, got close, got to the title game twice, but he just couldn't let go of the idea: how, how would my abilities and my skills and my process work at but, the highest but, level? But, but he'd never been in the NBA. Harbaugh's been in the, and this is his school. Yeah, this is got, where he, he got, is a, the king. got a taste. Yeah, he got a taste of it and uh, and wants to go back and finish. But just, I mean, that's that's why. I mean, oh, you, he so you're going to go be Johnson. You're going to go be Barry Switzer. Who cares? It's been done before. It's not like, like it's not going to. But he's not thinking of, he's not, you're, you're not thinking about other people. You're thinking about how you could do it. And that, I mean, that's what matters to him. It's not. He's not worried about legacy. He wants to be his like brother. He wants, he wants to match. He wins the title. At, yeah, maybe so. He wins the title here in Michigan. Then he's he's got that legacy. He's got that part. He wants to go out at the highest level and see if he can do that again. I mean, that's why he's interviewed the last two years. If Minnesota had offered him the job, he wouldn't be in Michigan. They didn't offer him the job, right? So to me, that's what it comes down to. Will an NFL team actually offer him a job? Because if they do, I think he's gone. Yeah, I, well, maybe. Maybe I mean I, that that's completely only you only Jim Harbaugh knows what's in Jim Harbaugh's heart, and there's definitely there's a lot of that coaching hubris in any coach, right? Is I want to prove myself at the highest level, and once I do it one place, I want to prove it. I can do you know once I'm I'm John Gruden, I can do it in Tampa. I, I'm going to go do it in in wherever you know the next stop in with the Raiders or whatever. You know, it's just it's well Raiders, Tampa Raiders, but you know it's. I guess it's this, they're all sharks in some way that in that sense. But I think with Harbaugh, you know, if he feels that the administration, you know, all the way from Ward Manual to the, you know, Board of Regents and the, you know, Santa Ono, whoever, if he feels they haven't been out to get him, right? If he feels he's been treated somewhat fairly and he's appreciated and they rework his contract and they give him a ton of money and it's basically a lifetime contract. I could also see that. I could see where he might appreciate where he is and who he has and whatever. I mean, he goes to the NFL team. He knows the NFL. It's going to be a rebuild. You know, you're not going to go get a championship team. You're going to have to either work with a drafted quarterback or work with somebody that that it hasn't worked with yet and and you know, make things happen and 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 you know, 
the patience is really short in the NFL. And he's already had that experience, you know, with the York family in San Francisco, and they got tired of his stuff. And in his Harbaugh's Harbaugh's uniqueness, I'm just going to be polite about it, doesn't play the same way in the NFL that it does in college. Uh, so, but maybe he doesn't care about that. And and it is true. Harbaugh wins a national title, goes to the NFL, flings out in three or four years, whatever it is. And he can go back to college in a minute. People will hire him because he's got a national title and he's Jim Harbaugh and he's good for, for ticket sales and people, you know. So, yeah, he will find, he'll never not have a job as long as he wants it for the next 10, 15 years or whatever. But Ann Arbor is the place to me. I mean, I, I just, that's where your legacy, right now, no matter, even if he wins a Super Bowl somewhere else, he, if he wins a national title in Michigan, he's a god. He ascends into the pantheon of great coaches and he, his legacy is here. Every time there's some celebration in Ann Arbor, as long as he's in fairly good graces with the administration and the coaching, so whatever it is, the athletic department, he'll always be welcome back. He'll get a huge rousing and ovation, you know, at, at Michigan Stadium. But in the NFL, you know, depends on who you follow, who's there, what the legacy is, previous coaches and all that stuff. So um, it'll be, it'll be, you're probably right, Sean, if he gets offered the the, the job somewhere. But Michigan can do yeah, something about that, right? Offering them a big fat contract before that happens. They could, but they can't offer them. It's more fundamental than that, right? It, it's 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 not. I don't think it's hubris at all. It's I, I don't. I'm, and forgive me if I've mentioned this before. Maybe I have on this podcast. I, I feel like I have. But do you remember? There's a there's a really fun, silly little movie called Blast from the Past. Oh yeah, with Brendan Fraser and Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. And they get stuck in a in a bomb shelter, and the, Brendan Fraser grows up in a bomb shelter underground. So he's got no contact with society at all, and and it finally opens up, and he gets out. And his dad wants to, he's not. Oh, God, you got to go out into society. I'm going to teach you a few things. And he's in his twenties. His character's in his twenties at this point, and they start talking about the birds and the bees. And so he's trying to explain to Christopher Walken's the dad, Brendan Fraser's the son. He's trying to explain to his son how babies get made. And he's describing the sperm coming to the egg. And Brendan Fraser says, but why? Why does the sperm go to the egg? Why? And Christopher Walken says, because it must, because it's out there. And that's how I think of Jim Harbaugh. And that's how I think of any kind of coach like that. Beeline was the same. It's out there. It's not hubris. It's not, I want to prove I can do it. It's, I want to see if I can do it. I want to see if if I'm capable. I want to I want to see what this is like. That that's a totally different motivation, which allows you to walk away from your alma mater, right? And where where you've had all the success and where you're beloved, because it's really not about that legacy in that way. It's about seeing if what you how you think of yourself. He thinks of himself as a coach, as a leader, as somebody that devises and strategizes and all these kind of things and manages all these parts of a football team. And then can you bring everybody together and go win at the highest level? That's what drives you. But here's the other thing. And and what do you think about this scenario is just, has this also just been a great, you know, between Harbaugh and his agent, a great chess match that he's played with Michigan as far as stoking that idea that there's always interest in me in the NFL, because that gives you job security in a different way. That gives you a better contract. It's like any job. If you have an offer from some other place, you know, that just increases your value. It increases your, you know, you have more leverage in salary negotiation and whatever it might be. It's never a bad thing to do that. 
it doesn't typically happen in in college with college coaches. Harbaugh is a little bit different that way, but and because he's he's coached in a Super Bowl, there's it's a little bit different. And he was an NFL quarterback, all that stuff. But I think it's 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 a good plan his part to keep interviewing and keep that idea in Michigan's because because administrations universities are fickle. You know, when things are they're they're very squeamish about controversy and not doing things the right way and all this this mythology about the student athlete and blah, blah, blah. You know, I think they're they're scared. And you got a lot of people you got to answer to, right? The donors, you got to do all this FaceTime with the fundraising thing and the, the alums and the clubs and the blah, blah, blah. You know, in the NFL, you got one boss, really, you know, maybe two owner and maybe their GM or president or whoever. But you don't have to do that. So I can see where maybe that's Warren Harbaugh, but I also think maybe that it's not been a bad idea to keep either just like, what did he virtual, he, he interviewed virtually with the Broncos last off season, play it, play it kind of, you know, a little bit, a little bit fast and loose on, well, I don't know. I, I can't tell the future. Nobody knows. We'll see. He wanted the Vikings, he wanted the Vikings job and they just, he flubbed the interview. I mean, according to reports, right? It just it just didn't go well. You got you know there was somebody else in the organization that wanted somebody else. So no, he he clearly wants to do it, and I'm sure he's torn because he loves Michigan too. And the president Santa Oro has been been really good to him, good good supporter of him. Right. So I don't feel like he feels that that with U of M at all. If anything, he might feel it with the NCAA. Yeah. Now that's different. But he's really well paid. He's one of the highest paid coaches. And as far as leverage, he doesn't need the leverage. If you win, that's that's the leverage, right? Well, that's, now. That's yeah. the leverage. Now it is. But also... But, no, but he's been winning for three years. So, so he's plenty of Winning leverage. is great, but also, you know, the, the controversy is not great. It's almost balanced against each other of all the all the problems, right? Yeah, he's got to win, right? For he sure. has to. With all that other stuff, if he doesn't him. win. If he, if he weren't winning, he'd be yeah, gone. No, for sure. No question. No question. The winning... Yeah, he was, he was close to him being gone, right? Remember... After the two and four yeah. year, there were some issues. And Twice. There were all these caveats put in his contract, right? He, you know? That was another thing. You know what I mean? You know Harbaugh doesn't forgive these th- or forget these things easily, right? Having basically being told you're getting a pay cut and it's incentive based and whatever. And, you know, there's got to be something there. And that's coming from Ward Manual too. And, you know, it's just imagine being told that. But that was, that was, yeah, that was before Santa Ola. Right. President Onu. So the word was, the, I think that's he, probably, was the, the AD and he's still the AD. Oh, for sure. But he but but the president's the boss, right? And then the and then the board could have some say. So and then frankly, like you said, there's so many hands in the pie in college, donors and all that sort of thing. But no, I if he wins and the NFL gives him an offer, it's really hard to see him coming back. That's not saying well, but yeah, it could be there could be a lot of change. I know we didn't talk about the game much, but it's if you have any thoughts about the game, I mean, we're a couple of days away from it. It was just, it was an incredible performance by by Michigan. They have a togetherness. It's a cliche. Harbaugh talked about it. I think the stuff has actually helped them. And they put that chip on their shoulder, you know, and they're they're good. It's funny. I, I got out here and I know a couple of people that help Brother Rose Bowl Media's stuff. And they're around teams all the time. And somebody pulled me aside and and this was a person who graduated from Ohio State. And she said, you know, I hate to admit this, but these these players are they're wearing me down. They're really, really good kids and and they're really fun to be around. And there's there's something about them. And she was an athlete herself in college, a Buckeye. 
And I said, yeah, that's that's kind of how they've been all year. And you know, you can say it doesn't matter, but of course that stuff matters. So they're talented, but they and we saw it in the game, right? You saw you don't come back and do and win the way they win without some character. You just don't, you know, and and survive that pressure. Yeah, that I think it's I think it's something that's helped them, but you know, they're also a field goal away from, you know, the Alabama beating them and I'm sure they have character too and togetherness and whatever, you know. They do. And Saban, Saban talked about how they're, because they're not as talented as they usually are. And Saban said that the key to this year's team was what was that? Because they don't have 10 first rounders or whatever. I mean, I think they got like four. That, but none of them are skilled players on offense. And that's true. And that's the difference. That's the, that's the difference. They've got, yeah, they got defensive studs. For I sure. I think with Michigan, you know, the, they're, they're, their defense, you mentioned, you know, Jesse Minter, you know, I mean, that's that that thing is it's impressive to watch that front seven, that, their front, not just their, their the linebackers right. are good, but the front in particular, they've got NFL guys up and down and they're deep. They play seven, eight guys. Yeah. Sanders is a great. I think he's a great college player. Will Johnson is a great college great. player. I mean, it's it's their Well, Will Johnson's a first round. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, not this year, but yeah, Sam, Sanders, Sanders still not so much, but yeah. Uh, no, you're I'm saying right. that's no, what I'm saying college talent. players because same thing. No, for sure. You, McCarthy is a great college player. In. I don't know if he's going to do a hell of a lot in the pros if he comes out right away. But hard, hard to know. Every now and again, he makes a throw that looks like, oh my god, that's an elite level NFL throw. He's on the run. He's got a huge arm. But you're right. He's got a lot of growing. My last thing, real quickly, and I know I always come back to the line. The difference this year, as opposed to when they were here a couple of years ago, and I don't mean in Pasadena. I just mean in the college football playoff. They've got big guys in the middle of the defensive line with quick feet. And that's the, the NFL-level defensive tackles is usually what separates the SEC from the Big right. Ten. It's those right. guys that can rack a pocket, right, like Georgia. Right. Georgia had Jalen Carter. I mean, I mean, Alabama's always had those guys. Not quite this year. Michigan had the guys this year, and you saw, you saw it. I mean, they just they blew them up. Mason Graham. Oh no, he's great too. Yeah, they they I mean, yeah, yeah, they've got several of them. So they're talented. There's no question. But and it's gonna be fun with Washington because Washington is not just Penix. They've got one of the best O lines in the game and they got three NFL guys. So that's we'll see. They I probably will pick Michigan, but I feel like they're gonna have to outscore them because they've not played a quarterback like Milro doesn't throw like Penix. You watch that game against Texas. The the dimes he throws, my goodness. Yeah, but he can run better, and he's he's more dynamic. I thought I thought Milrow would give them a lot more problems than he did, and he did. He 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 made some really nice plays with his arm and with his legs. But the Michigan defense is just too damn good. You know, even when he they're fast, man. They're, they're, they're fast. Quick, they're yeah. opportunistic. They know how to how to you know create turnovers and get to the ball, rally around it. They're schemed you up, know, scheme. they blitz and all yeah, sorts. Yeah, that's the thing. Blitz all sorts of ways. Ninja. They, they bring everything. They bring linebackers. They bring safety. Sometimes a corner blitz. You know, it's 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 really really well, the impressive. Thing too, with Michigan, and that, you know, you're talking about this togetherness and all this other stuff, and that that's definitely true. But I mean, they're without Zinter, right? Zach Zinter. I mean, they're they're heart and soul and on offense. I mean. So without him, and they've done all this, they've kept it going. I mean, that's super impressive. No, Harbaugh said from August when camp started, this was the best roster he's had in Michigan. And he said it along. He said, not only is this the best roster, but he's, you've heard him say this several times. This is the team. Like, 
we always say the team, the team, the team here, Schellacher's old phrase, but he's like, no, this is the team in terms of his ten- tenure. This is the t- if, if I, and what he was really saying is, if I'm ever going to win a title, this is the team to do it because we're we're talented and they love each other and they're together and that's a that's a hell of a combination. But uh, all right, we need to do my favorite thing. We need to take one more quick break, really quick, and we'll be right back because I always this is my favorite part of the show. I like to hear what makes Carlos happy. We'll be right back with more Free Press Sports with Carlson Show. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. It's 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 that time of the show. Let's 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 get your favorite thing. What Carl's what makes Carl's happy? And let's get out of here. Yeah, the, mine was simple. Actually, was my family came up from North Carolina. My sister and her family. My, my mom. She lives with my sister now. And we lived in. We moved in a new place, Sean, as you know. And this is our first Christmas in the new house. And we have this table, and it's got a couple of leaps you can put in it. And we'd never done the two leaves, and there were going to be nine people at the house and at the table. And like, well, let's try it. So we tried it. It fit in the room, in the dining room. And it was just, we had some dinners with nine people around the table, which we've never done before. No kids table, no nothing. The kids are not young anymore. But it was just, uh, it was a fun time. And it really made it, we played games, board games, we had dinners, we had lunches. And it really, you know, that moment where your house turns into a home, you know, and that's part of that is having, filling it with people you love, making those memories. It's, it's a, it's a cliche, but it's true. It's now we remember what we're already talking about. Hey, the other day when that happened, when, you know, my sister did this or my, my cousin, my nephew, or I'm sorry, my niece did this, something else or whatever. And so it was, it was a really nice visit, and I really appreciated it, and especially for my sister's family traveling on the holidays, which is a pain. So it was great. That's great, and, and that makes me feel a little bit better, although I still can't believe that that's what kept you from joining me in Dallas. <laughs> we were we were going to have some fun together. I was bummed. I sh- show you. Yeah, our, our you boss know. asked me, "Can I? would you like to go to Dallas, and you want to go? And I was like, oh, and I've never been to AT&T Stadium, and I – that's one of the, to me, one of the meccas in the NFL is Cowboys, right? At at home. Yeah, no, it's a fan base, and they dress up. And you were going to be the, the, the way the fans town and everything. You claim, you yeah, exactly. Town, but that would have been a lot of fun to go get some Jack in the Box. Well, I graduated from high school there, so that, that you know, for whatever, for whatever that's worth. But uh, yeah, so I guess that counts a little bit. Right? Yes, but uh, no, that no, that sounds that sounds lovely. My my favorite thing, God, I'm, okay, I'm going to make this quick. The Rose Bowl. Is an incredible setting. You, I'm obviously you from here. You've seen it. I, I worked it's in Pasadena for three years, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. So you, it, it's in a little bit of a valley. There's a neighborhood up. There's a golf course next to it. There's a neighborhood up up above, and then behind that neighborhood of San Gabriel Mountain, close to that neighborhood of San Gabriel Mountains. It's it's spectacular. It is on game day though, especially for the Rose Bowl. When it's the Rose Bowl game, not UCLA home games, it's hard to get into because it's like, like getting into the Dodger, all the stadiums around here, except for maybe USC's, are tucked in these little areas surrounded by rocks and trees. Anyway, there's no good way to get in there. You go through the neighborhoods to get in there. One way less. in and one way out. And, That's it. And you're, yeah, you're reliant on troopers and the, the kindly folks, the public service folks, and God bless them. But so I allow myself three hours from downtown LA. That's it. And 
And uh, yeah, no, no, no. That, that, it's, it's, I've made it, I've driven into the Rose Bowl three other times. And it's usually about an hour or so from downtown LA. It's a, by the way, folks, it's 18 miles. So that gives you some idea. The traffic is fine until I got down. Well, the problem this time is I get through, I get into this, one of these neighborhoods and it just stops. And I sit there for an hour and we don't move and people are getting out. And, that, and I've never experienced anything like that before here. People are getting out. They're trying to find cops. What's going on? There's nowhere to go. Finally, people are starting to turn around. And I think, oh, my God. So two and a half hours later, I'm still in my car. It's 25 minutes from the kickoff. Maybe, no, excuse me, about 40 minutes from the kickoff. I'm like, oh, sh- I'm, I'm in trouble. I found a little strip mall where they were taking Venmo, and I paid for parking. And I walked. It was about a 35-minute walk. And, you know, I, I managed to get there, but I've never been so, so thrilled. I got in there about 10 minutes before the kickoff, five minutes before the kickoff, and, and, and we're all good. But you just do what you have to do at some point, right? And then after the game, I had to back up. I had to go back up the hill. That was tough. <laughs> it was easier. Tony Garcia down. didn't give you a, a lift in his car? No, 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 no. So, so anyway, I was just, my favorite thing was, was walking into the Rose Bowl after, Thinking I might, I might be in some some trouble. But uh, it turns out they shut the lot down where I was supposed to park, mm-hmm. and so people were trying to figure out where to go. There was nowhere to go. It was one way in, and so all these people, as you can imagine, are trying to backtrack and so, get out. And there's no way so to go. So you gave yourself three hours to get to your seat from the time you left your hotel. Yeah, and normally it takes about two. In my experience at the Rose Bowl, it takes about two. I mean, excuse me, it takes one hour tops. So that's a two-hour leeway, and uh, you know, you just figured it's just yeah, it was it was. I've just never experienced anything like that before. I would, I can, but I was grateful. To, I was grateful. To get I can in. almost tell you right now that you're already going to be late to the championship game. Then, if you think it only takes three hours to get from your hotel to the stadium to get in to your seat, I mean that's NFL time, and this is a national championship semifinal. Oh no, it's. it's no, yeah, but that's a, that's an arena in a downtown city. Those Plus, are always it's the fine. Rose Bowl. It's, a, it's always, yeah, those those are always fine. Those are when the Tigers easier. play but the anyway. Dodgers in the World Series next year, Sean. Give yourself about six hours to get into Dodger Stadium. Okay. Well, that's Dodger Stadium. That's, that's easier uh, to get into than the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl's horrible, horrible. No, it's it's awful. It's you the know, worst. It's, it's the worst it's, stadium it's, probably in the country to get in and out. Well, I don't know about. I haven't been to every one. But yeah, it's one. It's got yeah, to be no, it's uh, huge. So, it's obvious. But I was I was grateful that I figured out how, right. how to make it happy. So that was my so that was my favorite <laughs> thing. The bathroom that, that you're sitting in the car line long with no bathroom, <laughs> that's a bigger issue. <laughs> uh, I hope you didn't pull a, pull a Dumb and Dumber. I don't remember what they did. In dumb you can dumber. you can Google it. <laughs> oh, okay. that's Jeff Daniels. All right, this is a yeah. Okay, this is a family show. All right. Yeah, I, I got a roll. You got a roll. Let's get out of here. Let's take the people, Carlos. Let's please. thank our producer, Robin Chan, for making this all possible. He's multitasking on Pistons Pulse. Let's thank executive producers, Kirkland Crawford and Anjanette Delgado, and editor of the Free Press, Nicole Avery Nichols, but mostly Sean. Who are you thinking? You. Oh, Me. Well, I thank, thank you. you every day. I thank you every day. But no, y'all, the listeners, thanks for joining us, spending time with us. It's, it's, it's our pr- privilege, obviously. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast, but you already know that. The big thing, the big thing is to rate us when you get there. Subscribe. Please uh, let us know what you think. Until next week, right, Carlos? We'll be back with more football. Heavy Hopefully podcast. Sunday. Ask the Lions. 
regular season finale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ho- hopefully Sunday after the Lions, we'll, we'll probably have a better idea of their playoff picture. And then after the national title game at some point between Michigan and Washington, it's Monday night in Houston. All righty, we will uh, talk to you all soon.